Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. We've got to not treat the Holy Spirit as fickle. Sometimes we need perfect environments by our perception so that we can hear from God and encounter God. And I'm just being mindful. God's been taking me back. I mean, I'm a worshiper through and through. But God's been, and I love it to speak when the worship's playing and all that sort of stuff. But I'm purposely releasing this out today so she can just sit and receive and we can, the band can sit and receive. But also I feel the Holy Spirit's just stirring me. And maybe this is a word for some of us here. We got to stop looking for perfect environments and be aware that we walk with the perfect God. It's like what I said before, we got to put, not put our greatest confidence in the season, but in Christ. And he's been just taking me back recently, even to the Gospels. I'm going back through the Gospels again. And I really encourage you, get into the Gospels. Read about Jesus and what he's done. But I'm just mindful of the fact that Jesus didn't have abandoned a PA system walking around with him. He didn't have, like, meet someone and say, oh, hang on one second, I just need to plug the keyboard or the guitar in. I need some anointing before I can minister. And I just want to encourage you and myself today that if we have Almighty God living on the inside of us, the Bible says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Is that what your Bible says? Do you actually believe that? Not, 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 that's not figurative. It's not symbolic. Christ lives in me. <laughs> he says, do you not know that you have now the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? We just need a fresh revelation. Some of us need a fresh revelation here today that God lives in me. God lives in me. God lives in you. God lives in you. God lives in me. What a wonderful thing. And so I just want to come and I, I just feel Father's given me a, a real clear word that I just want to talk about for a few moments. And then we'll, we'll just pray together. But God is, um, rather than just come and give me a, a download for the future of you as a church and I've been before and I've done things like that, He told me really, really clearly to speak on two things, and the first is this, about every single one of us desiring spiritual gifts and stirring up spiritual gifts. We live in a time where the world is centered around selfishness and entitlement. Anyone breathing, anyone read the news, anyone walk down the streets, anyone know what I'm talking about? It's about what's best for me, what I want, and if we're not careful, that's what we bring even into the church and into Christianity. It's all about me. Would you feed me? Would you bring to me? Would you give to me? And I believe there's a wonderful invitation from God for every person here at KC City Church to not only be carriers of the presence of God, but people who operate in spiritual gifts for the blessing and benefit of other people. Does anyone say amen to that? I want you to go to the Word, and these are scriptures I've spoken on many times, but, and in both cases, I felt Father show me something new and fresh. So can I bring that to you? 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14, verse, and we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 5. 
And can I just give you context real briefly? The context is, uh, and, and, and Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and 1 Corinthians 12, the chapter 12, Paul is talking about one body, many, many members. And the fact that there's only one body, but there's many members, and God places them all together, supplying everything that the body needs. Aren't you glad that you don't have to provide everything for this body? Come on. You guys can relax and talk with me. Is that cool? Can you? Aren't you glad that you have, don't have to be the single answer to everything in the body of Christ? I, I'm really glad about that. I'm really glad that God doesn't pick a person and say, okay, responsibility on you. In fact, when it comes to the church and building the church and, and changing people's lives, I'm coming into a deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper revelation that it's actually all responsibility is off me. It's actually on God. He said, I will build my church. Steve, you don't have to do that. <laughs> he said, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, he said, Paul says, I planted the seed and Apollos watered. It's only God that makes things grow. Sometimes we're taking responsibility for what God said He will do. And we're not taking responsibility for what God invites us to do. And so I want to come. He says, there's one body, there's many members, fitly joined together, supplying everything that the body needs. That's the context of 1 Corinthians 12. And then 1 Corinthians 13. Anyone know what 1 Corinthians 13 is about? Shout it out. It's about love. You might have been to a wedding or two that they've, they've read it. And we're going to make sure we don't reduce it to some pithy statement or some slogan or some chapter that's just for this. This is one of the most powerful um, scriptures in the whole of the Bible. It's all about love to the point where he says you can do all sorts of incredible things. You can prophesy. You can, you can cast out demons. You can even lay down your life as a, as a martyr. But if you don't have love, you are nothing. Love is important. And do you know why love is important? Because love is not from God. Love is God. Did you get that this morning when I started to talk before we even started worship? What we need to receive is not from God. It's in God. Eternal life is not from God. Eternal life is God. Huh. And the Bible says in 1 John 4 verse 8 and verse 16 that God is love. Everyone say it with me. God is love. Everyone say it with me. God is love. So this whole chapter on love, and we read it and we read it and say, oh, I need to be patient and I need to be kind and, 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 and I need to not keep records of wrong and I need to not do this and I and I and I. If we read 1 Corinthians 13 with the primary focus on what we need to do, we miss the actual point of it. This is a declaration of who God is. When it says love is patient, it's saying God is patient. Come on. Love is kind. God is kind. Love doesn't keep records of wrong. God doesn't keep records of wrong. Isn't this good that it is about God. God is love. And we always look at the Bible through what I have to do and we miss who God is. And so the context of 1 Corinthians 13 is love, love, love. God is love. And from there we come to 1 Corinthians 14 and I just want to read a few verses here. In 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 it says, now follow the way of love. Just stop right there. Stop right there. Stop right there. Follow the way of love. What's about to come next on spiritual gifts is if you're not following the way of love, forget this. The motivation, the foundation for spiritual gifts is not spiritual gifts. Did you hear me? It's not charisma. 
is not prowess, it's not eloquence, it is love. It is love. And it says, follow the way of love. And can I just, uh, by handling the Word of God correctly in context, when it says follow the way of love, Larry, it's saying follow the way of God, because God is love. And notice it says follow. I, I think that God is restoring followership, if that's the word it is now, because I just made it up, in the body of Christ. We want God to save us, but we don't always want to follow His lead. True? Oh, if He tells us to do something we really want to do, I'm cool with that. Anyone else? But if He tells me to do some things that I don't really want to do, does anyone else struggle or is that just the man with the microphone? But it says, follow the way of love. And we live again in this time, this age, where people say, don't tell me what to do. We even have people sitting in church, sometimes when I get a bit bold, it's like, settle down, don't tell me what to do. What would we do when Jesus walked this earth and he came up to Peter and he said, hey, Pete, I'm thinking about starting a new ministry. Is this what he said? I'd like you to come in and be involved. And I reckon I've got a pretty good spot for you, pretty prominent spot. But if you get in from the ground level, you can come and hang with me and you can get all the blessings and you can be a part of it. And when I leave, man, you can be the man. Is that what Jesus said? He said two words. What were they? Follow me. God's restoring followership. God is restoring followership. <laughs> wow. If I do that, it's just God's just speaking to me. He's just downloading I wonder if Psalm 23, where it talks, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, I will fear no evil because God, you're with me. I wonder if David right in there was because he was just going through a difficult time that he led himself to, or if he was following God. And sometimes God leads us even through the valley of the shadow of death. Because doesn't Matthew 4 say that after Jesus was baptized, that he was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the enemy? Isn't that what the Bible says? Don't equate, don't, mm, this is not where I thought I was going, but we'll go in there. Let's not assume that following Jesus is only down the path that we want to take and the easy good paths. But it's not because Jesus is the saddest and Jesus just wants to make your life difficult. It's actually because he wants to refine us. He wants to bring new wine out of us. He wants to get the glory. He wants to get the glory. He wants to get the glory. And I'm coming into a deeper and deeper revelation that we need God. Does anyone else? That's easy to say. And we'd all probably say we need God. But do we live like we actually need God? We need God. We need God. I, I, I'm going to come back to that scripture. I almost promise. I've got to read this because I feel Holy Spirit. I've got to lean into this for a moment. We need God. Do you know that Jesus himself said in John 5 verse 19 that I don't do, that the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what the father tells him to do. Did you know that's what the Bible says? Jesus himself, the son of God, can't do anything eternally worthwhile by himself, only what he sees the father doing. We need God. We need God. Jesus needed him. 
In John 15, verse 5, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me, I remain in you. You will bear much fruit. Without me, you can't do too much. Feel free to correct my heresy. I've seen if you know your Bible. Without me, you can do nothing. We need God. We need God. The Bible says in Acts 17, you can read it 24 to 28, but it ends up saying, in him we live and move and have our being. Do you know that you are not breathing outside of God saying, I want you breathing? We need God. And I want to read something to you. One of the things Father's asked me to do is write a daily devotion. And you can grab that if you want. It's believing in you, believing in you. .com.au, you can sign up to that. But let me read you what's coming out tomorrow morning because I'm doing this because Father told me to because it's in line with what I'm saying. And I want you to hear this. It's called All and Always. It's very short, but let me read you what, if you signed up to it, you're going to hear tomorrow morning. But it's in the context of what I'm saying here right now, and I really want you to hear this. I need God more than ever before is not an accurate statement. Can I tell you what's about to come next? I'll read it to you. But I was walking down the street just last week, and God just said to me, um, God, I need you, I need you. And I was really aware of my need for him. How many people sometimes are really aware of your need? And so God, I'm like, God, I need you so much right now. And this is what he said to me. Please listen. This is God talking to me. I need you, God, more than ever before is not an accurate statement. I firmly believe Father wants to bring revelation today of our total dependence upon God always for everything, including life itself. And this is what God said to me. A fish that is in water needs the water as much as a fish outside of water. Some might argue that the fish outside of water needs the water more than the fish that is in water, but that is not true. A fish that is in water completely needs the water to live. A fish that does not have water completely needs the water to live. The need is equal. The fish needs water to live. And this is what God said to me. A greater awareness of a need does not equal a greater need. I believe God wants us to know this truth today, that we are all always completely, fully reliant on God for life itself. Whether we have life or we don't, we equally need life. Whether we have God or we don't, we equally need God. And he wants to say to us afresh to say today, without me, you can do nothing. There is never a time you need God any more or any less than always completely. So 1 Corinthians 14. Now I encourage you to sign up for the daily devotion. Uh, it's free. It will bless you. It's just an overflow of my time with God. Believingingyou.com.au I'd say that because I just so believe it will bless you. But let me go back to here. And we're going to just speak for a few minutes and we're going to pray. It says, follow the way of love. Follow the way of God. Follow God's, God's way, God's pattern, and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. <laughs> 
For anyone, listen to this. Anyone who speaks in a tongue or in tongues does not speak to people but to God. So a person speaking in tongues, who do they speak to? God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people. So if you prophesy, who do you speak to? If you're speaking in tongues, who do you speak to? If you're prophesying, who do you speak to? Just stop, stop, stop. This is, I just need you to hear this. I need you to hear this. On the surface, that says to me that obviously I would say then speaking to God is more important than speaking to people, anyone else. Come on. I'm not trying to trick you. I'm asking you a question. Speaking to God is more important than speaking to people. But I want you to follow here because Father really wants us to see something. Speaking in tongues, you're speaking to God, you utter mysteries. One who prophesies speaks to people for your strengthening, for their strengthening, for their encouragement, for their comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. <clears throat> this is not tongues and interpretation for the benefit of others. This is the personal gift of tongues. If you speak in tongues, you build yourself up, you encourage yourself. But the one who prophesies, encourages, edifies, builds up other people, builds up the church. And Paul says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. That's pretty clear, isn't it? That's pretty clear. Again, we live in a time where some people say tongues has ceased. Well, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, the chapter before, that when Jesus comes, all those things will cease, but not until He comes. You read it in 1 Corinthians 13. So he comes and says, I, I want every one of you to speak in tongues because you are going to be talking to God, not through your mind, not through your understanding, but spirit to spirit. This is deep, guys. Those that enjoy um, praying in tongues and praying the Holy Spirit, how many people know that when you do that and you start to push in in tongues, something in the inside of you just starts to rise up? Anyone, come on, talk to me for a moment. Because it's spirit to spirit. It is powerful. And Paul goes, Paul who says later on in 1 Corinthians 14, I speak in tongues more than everyone else. Come on. And he says here, I want everyone to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you, if you're only going to do one, prophesy. Because huh. the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets. Why? So that the church may be edified. Let me just talk about this just for a moment. This, I think, comes down to the core of what God is realigning in the church today. That the church is not about me just coming to a meeting and I'm just going to give me anything, everything, God, and bless me. And I hope you bless me. And I hope the sermon blesses me. And I hope the worship blesses me. Almost like we think that the worship is for us. I thought it was about God. But anyway, uh, hey, bless me. God, would you do me good? Would you? Uh, God, 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 me, 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 me. God, I can't pray for others because right now there's so many things in my I just got to pray for me. I got to pray for my breakthrough. Man, I just, and God comes and says, Number one, if you're in that place, how about you pray in the spirit rather than just understanding? How about we go to a spiritual level rather than just a natural level? But he also comes and he says, you know what? As it says in Proverbs, that he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. We think I can't bless others until I get to a certain place in my life. And God says sometimes we remain in the certain place in our life because we're not blessing others. I can't. Steve, I can't. That's why it's called the gifts of God. Mm. Mm. 
We got to understand it's the Spirit of God that comes through and blesses people through us. He's looking for available vessels, not perfect vessels. And there's some people in the body of Christ and even in this room today that God wants to come and say, you want your breakthrough? Let's shift the focus from your breakthrough to actually blessing others. This is what God said to me. He says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Paul's talking about, I want everyone to speak in tongues, but I'd rather you prophesy. I want you to strengthen others and encourage others and bless other people. And I felt God say this statement. It's a bit direct, but it's from God. So just listen to it. This is what God said. One of the evidence of following God, who is love, is an eager desire to have spiritual gifts that connect people with the heart of God. Can I say it again in case you missed it? Or in case you didn't want to hear it, I'll just say it again so you can hear it twice. One of the evidence of following God, because it says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. I want you to see this. If you're following love, who is God, you will eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire this. Come, Follow me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. There's, a, there's an order. There's, there's a follow on. When God says, I want you to do this and this and this, that, that is evidence of whether we are actually following him, submitted to him, or we are blessed and we're Christians and everyone blesses me, or if our focus is, no, I'm actually following God. And he said to me, one of the evidence of following God is an eager desire for spiritual gifts that connect other people with the heart of God. You might say uh, the focus is on helping others be spiritually strong, not on just on us being spiritually strong. Can I say that again? When I come and I'm speaking to you, my focus right now is not on me being spiritually strong. It's on strengthening you spiritually. That's why I'm here right now. And you might say, but I can't do that, Steve, because of what I am going through. Can I tell you that my wife and I... We've been going through some journeys and some battles and some struggles. But the enemy's been coming in the night and attacking us in dreams. Even this morning, both woke up just grogging with dreams. And you, you have to sometimes just make a decision. We're waiting for circumstances to change and God's waiting for us to say yes. I just feel there's a word for someone in this room right now. We're waiting for circumstances to change and God's waiting for us to say yes. And so I want to say that God's desire for every person in this room that follows Jesus is to eagerly desire spiritual gifts that strengthen, encourage, and comfort others. And part of the answer to whether or not we're eagerly desiring them actually answers the question if we're really following God or not. I know that's direct, but I'm just passing on what I feel God is saying. And here's the thing. Here's the other scripture that I think is going to be a real blessing to you, but don't miss the blessing because of the packaging that it comes in. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and verse 7. And I want to read this in the New King James. Second Timothy 1, 6 and 7. You might have heard it before. It says this, and I encourage you to stir up the gift of God that is in you that you receive by the laying on my hands. And here's a verse that, tell me if you've heard this verse before. 
For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Let me see your hands if you know that scripture. How many people have used that scripture in prayer sometimes when the enemy comes against you or you need a breakthrough or fear's knocking on your door and, and the focus is on, man, you just need something. So you, you speak the word and you quote it to the devil. I've done that many times with this. Can I see your hand? For God has not given me a spirit of fear. Come on, I'm talking to myself. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I want you to know the content. And I say, keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. Come on, talk to God and talk back to the devil. For God has not given me a spirit. But the context is this. Stir up the gift of God that is in you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. I need you to understand what this context is saying. Because sometimes we think if God wants to give me a gift, to give me a gift and, and, and it's just going to, he'll download it, be easy. No, God comes and says, you know what? And this is what he said to me. With prophetic gifts, there is always something to receive. It's a gift of God. It's from God. But he also said, there's always something to overcome. You need to hear me. There is always something to overcome. God, if you want to use me, you can use me. There is always something to overcome. We had to overcome this morning before we came. We had to overcome when you've got challenges in your family or in your finances or in your house. You have to overcome. And the overcoming is not so you can feel good, but the primary overcoming is so that you can do good to other people. There needs to be a shift of focus. I don't, God, I don't want to just push through so I feel better. I want to stir up the gift of God. So that's why I say that God has not given me the spirit of fear. Not so I don't feel fear, but so I'm not held back from stirring up the gift of God so I can actually strengthen, encourage, and comfort other people. Am I making sense or not? Sometimes the focus is all on us receiving so we can walk forward with God. And God says, what would happen if we shifted the focus to God? I'm not going to give in to that spirit of fear. Because God, you give me power and love and a sound mind, not just so I can walk, but the context is so that I can stir up the gift of God. When some of us in this room, you've stepped out in spiritual gifts before and they haven't worked out. Maybe people held you down. Maybe people laughed at you. Maybe people said it was wrong. And so what happens? Fear starts to come. We go, okay, I'm going to guard myself. I'm going to step back. I'm not going to step out again. Come on, has this happened? This has happened many a times. We, we actually thought we heard from God and then we're told we didn't hear from God. And what we do is step back. And that's the context that I come by the power of the Spirit to speak into your life today. Let's stop letting the enemy win by a bad circumstance or a bad uh, a bad time let's let's actually say God I'm not going to give in to that spirit of fear that says I want you to stop reaching out and stretching out and stirring up the gift because you're following me and Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were sick and people were spitting on him and people were cursing him and people were sending him to his death and he kept on blessing them even on the cross he said don't hold this against them This church is to be a church that follows the way of love, eagerly desires gifts of the Spirit, not so that you can look good, but so you can strengthen other people, encourage other people. Come on, come for other people. And the doorway through which many of us will have to step right now here today is this. God, you did not give me that spirit of fear, that timidity that has made me step back. Come on, step back into self-protection. Step back into I can't because of what I'm going through. 
We've got to make sure that we are not elevating what we are going through above the God that's going through it with us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil because God, you're with me. You, you, you might be thinking, man, you, Steve, you've just been a little bit harsh. You've been a bit just, it's just too easy. You're just making it sound too easy. We have been walking through a valley of the shadow of death. My wife and I, we've been walking through difficult beyond measure things. But in those moments, do we allow those things to become greater than our God? Can I just say that sometimes in moments we do? Is that true, Sal? Sometimes the moment we allow it to be greater, I'm not preaching from a place of perfection. We stumble, we fall, we get our eyes on the stuff, on ourselves at times. But praise God, He comes by His Spirit and says, hey, I'm greater, I'm stronger, I'm walking with you. I am your peace, I am your joy. Peace is not the absence of problems, it's the presence of God and you have me, Steve. And even in this moment, you can travel and you can speak and you can encourage other people, not because you're denying your reality, but you're elevating your God. And if you strengthen others, you will be strengthened. If you refresh others, you will be refreshed. If you come on, comfort others, you'll be comforted. Sometimes the breakthrough and the thing that we are crying out for, church, is not on the God giving to us, but us giving to others by the power of the Spirit. I can't, Steve. I can't, Steve. Agreed. Agreed. I can't. You can't. And that's the beauty. That's why it's called the gifts of God, the grace of God. That's why it's called the love of God, the kindness of God. And it's why it's called the, the mercy of God. That's why it's called of God, because I can't do it myself. We need God. If you're swimming in the water, you need God as much as if you've got no water, and you're gasping for breath. And if you're gasping for breath and you're out of water and you're a fish, you don't need the water any more than someone is in there. This is part of the lie that has crept into the world and the body of Christ, that they need God. Come on, even when we're praying for lost people, sometimes we think that person needs God more than that person because of what they're doing. We do. We think people need God based on what they are doing or not doing. But I thought that He created me, He breathed life into me. In Him I live and move. The worst atheist, Satanist, terrorist, whateverist in the world right now needs God as much as I do. But I need God as much as they do. Billy Graham and whoever the leader of ISIS or whatever is, they needed God as much every day as each other. So we need to cry out, God, give me a revelation. I can't do nothing eternally worthwhile without you. But equally and conversely, we need a revelation that we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. And the context of that is Paul saying, in prison, I have learned the secret of being content, whatever the circumstance. If I'm well fed, I'm content. If I do not have any food, I'm content. Come on. If I, if I have got everything I need, I'm great. If I don't have anything, if I'm in freedom or if I'm in prison, why? Because I can do all things through Christ, through Christ, through Christ. I can't, but God can. 
And he is writing letters and strengthening and encouraging the church prophetically while being chained in prison, beaten and bloodied and broken. And he's saying, right now, I will pray in the Spirit because that's what I do. But I'm also going to write letters to strengthen other people because the power of God will be displayed even in my weakness. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.